Hello, Kevin. Awesome. You guys are nerds. Damn right. Oh, Kevin, you're so witty. I would stab someone in the face. Oh, that's gross. I'm cutting this, by the way. Bad Philosophy, episode 136, recorded on April 16th, 2013. Don't send us cocaine. Welcome in one to Bad Philosophy, episode 136. We are back for another discussion about Bitcoin, everybody. Ha, yay. So I, I am your host. What, what? Sound more enthusiastic, please. <laughs> oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, we're talking about Bitcoin. So I am your host, Stephen Torrance, and I'm first, I'm joined by my good friends, Kevin Saunders. Hi. And Simon Ponder. I'm not going to have an awkward pause before I say hi like Kevin did. Well, I mean, You're lost. he had to wait for me to point at him and then he sort of reacted. It, it's okay. I mean, yeah. did all right. Simon, Hello. It's, it's good to have you back, man. When was the last time you were on the show? I don't know. It's been a while. Mm. It's been a long, long while. Um, sometime last year, I'm sure. Yeah. But you're still kicking it down in San Antonio working for the man, right? Yep. Damn the man. Save the empire. <laughs> yeah. So... About two years ago is when we did our last episode, and you know it, it's. I, I Here's how you can sum it up, it, Stephen. It's a cryptocurrency. It is a currency based around Math. the the solving of it's essentially mean. It, it's essentially um, a currency built on the solving of of essentially meaningless uh, mathematical equations, so that it grows at a at a known rate. And the process of quote you know mining it or generating Bitcoin in itself um, basically creates the record of the currency itself. So as as you create coins and transact with them, these transactions are built into what's called the blockchain, which is the the history of all transactions ever. And you know you go between unique identifiers and transfer values, and it's it's something that you can divide up into you know, down to like eight digits or eight decimal places or something like that. Anyway, if you if you want to know more about it, there's probably a crap ton of stuff out there. And Bitcoin.org, you can read the original paper that defines it mathematically. Yeah, um, and then you can uh, spend for, a lot of money on it and waste yeah, your okay. time. Yeah, okay. Right, so well, speaking, speaking of a lot of money on it, uh, this will sum up uh, Bitcoin nicely. The Winklevoss, the, the Winklevoss twins. Oh gosh! Had oh boy! Eleven million right dollars invested in Bitcoin. How much? Eleven million. Oh my god! This this was pre bubble bursting, so I don't know. It's probably I, slightly less now, but yeah. still. Yeah. So so the reason we're talking about this, and you, you can read about this in the news or pretty much anywhere else. We'll assume that you have a working knowledge of what Bitcoin is and how it works. Go listen to episode 88 for a better idea of what that means. Sure, or read all the things out there that are way better than us talking about it. Um, what we'd like really to do is, is kind of comment on the, the philosophical aspect of, of the currency itself and of currency and, and value. Because, you know, what, what happened here recently is, is fascinating to me. And it's, it's, uh, it's basically rampant speculation. You know, so many people found out, you know, that Bitcoin had gotten a little bit more and more valuable. Because uh, it was, it had somewhere about a month ago had got had crossed a hundred dollars per Bitcoin, or somewhere around that. It may not have been yeah. a month ago, but like a few weeks ago, it, it kind of crept up slowly since the last bubble and crash, where it it got up to around ten dollars per Bitcoin or, or fifteen or something, then crashed back down to about point one dollars per Bitcoin. And it it sort of stayed there, and then you know rose slowly and just you know. Like uh, any currency or any investment does, sort of over time, and um, kind of got got back up to a very valuable place and started getting some market recognition. And then, you know, once people found out about it, there became that sort of interest in, well, you know, this thing is growing; it seems to be growing exponentially. I better buy some, and then when it's <laughs> worth more, I can sell it and make money off of it. Classic speculation on you know anything really. I mean, yeah, speculation is really what it is. Yeah, and and that and I want to kind of remove that from Bitcoin itself. You know, because you can speculate on anything. You, you can yes. gamble. You can you can speculate on on any stock or mutual fund or you know company even. I mean, that's that's the whole di- idea of an IPO, right? Is yes. you know you get in early and then the company becomes more valuable and. 
then you sell unless you know, it's buy Facebook. low, sell high, right? Unless yeah, it's Facebook. Unless it's Facebook. Uh, so what happened is people lost their minds and, and bought a bunch of Bitcoin. And in some cases, the Winklevoss twins bought a lot of Bitcoin. And, you know, we're, the last bubble did not involve millions of dollars. And that's really, I think, what drew headlines is there were people paying, you know, millions and, and making millions off of this potentially. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of folks got excited about that, particularly in China. People sort of found out it for the first, about it for the first time and bought a lot into it. And, what happened is, you know, late last week, uh, you know, Wednesday or Thursday, I forget, it hit around 200, and then there were just these know, huge sell-offs happening. Crashed. What happened is the, the, the big exchange, Mt. Gox, uh, actually shut down, you know, the, as they did the last time. When, you know, it started falling through the roof, they just shut down and stopped trading. And <laughs> I, I'm not sure and that's exactly. a sign of confidence right there. Right. Um, which, well, but that's that's what happens on the stock market. Do they actually shut down the stock market if there's a I huge crash? They shut it down, but they stop trading. Uh, well, I believe they do. I, I mean, I, I can't they, think of too many times that that's happened. Stock falls below a certain value. Really? Uh, well, so so it, it that happened, and and afterwards, you know, in in the it was very interesting to see the the tone of the articles before and after this latest crash. You know, people were writing some, uh, one writer, Mike Adams for uh, naturalnews.com, writing about the Bitcoin bubble and, you know, sort of, sort of giving some, some caution <laughs> that this was sort of a, a, what he calls irrational exuberance uh, about this. And it's the same sort of stuff that fed into like the dot-com bubble, uh, the real estate bubble, yeah. the, this sort of, you know, oh, there's this, there's this stuff that you can just you know, buy up really low prices and it's just growing. And, and tomorrow it'll be worth twice as much. Exactly. And boy, you better get in now or you're, you're going to get left behind. And that, yes. that's sort of playing into that. You know, that, that. you know what that's also called? A Ponzi scheme. A Ponzi scheme. So it's funny. You're like the third person to mention this to me. Well, it's um, something I've realized because looking into it, it's if you, if you got in a Bitcoin on the ground floor, let's say you listened to our podcast two years ago when Bitcoins were relatively cheap and you bought $50 worth of Bitcoin whatever that turns out to be. Mm. You would have been able to make a lot more as more and more people bought into it later. But the thing is, if you try and buy it now, you can't get the same return on your investment. No, that's true. If you were, the, if you were one of those early people in a true original pyramid scheme who you give the main guy $100 and everybody else gives you $200, yes, you're going to make $100. Yeah. But everyone on every level below that is losing money. Well, and a lot of people speculated, and, and this I think this is just a, a stupid theory, but it's, it's something people put out there. The, the originators of, of Bitcoin, and it's unclear who exactly came up with it in the first place, because the paper was published under what I now understand was a pseudonym, um, ah. Satoshi Nakamoto. Not an actual person, but maybe a group of people. Who huh. wanted to remain anonymous, which I, I understand. You're creating a currency that's potentially disruptive to the fiat currency standard of the world, the, the oh, American but dollar. It's even worse than a fiat currency, as we've come to realize. Well, we'll get it. We'll get to that. But I'm, what I'm saying is some people have speculated that, oh, well, they came up with this Bitcoin thing. And then obviously it was easy to mine in the beginning because yes. the way the mathematical function works, it gets exponentially more difficult to mine as yes. time goes on. So you could originally create like three or four or 50 Bitcoin from your mining in a, like a few days. Yes. And then it got, you know, you could do that in a few weeks and then a few months. And then it's very, very difficult to do it now. You have to get high powered graphics cards and you pay for a lot of power and yes. all these sorts of things in order to make, just generate Bitcoin. And the, the, it's starting to get to the point where the power that goes into generating it, it it's less than the actual Bitcoin payoff. Like you have to be running it for years <laughs> to, to yes. make it back and generate it costs. And so what people have started to do more and more is use currency exchanges. And, mm -hmm. and that's why I think this bubble got was so much bigger than the last one is people were realizing, well, I mean, it's way more efficient for me if I just convert 50 bucks or a hundred bucks or a thousand bucks into um, dollars through um, Liberty uh -huh. Bank or, or whatever one of these was and buy it on Mt. Gox or, you know, sell goods on one of the exchanges that pay you in Bitcoin. That, there's sure. not a lot of that. There's, there's very few places where you can actually sell items 
yourself for Bitcoin. It's mostly services. Um, there's like one place and you weed, can get pizza. And Silk Road. And drugs, yeah. I mean, I mean I'm just saying, that's, yeah. that was one of, like, again, two years ago, that was one of the biggest places that accepted Bitcoin was yeah. Silk Road, which is a place to buy drugs illegally. Something yep. also we should talk about. And can I, I just want to read this quote. Yeah, sure. People say it's a Ponzi scheme. It's a bubble. Cameron Winklevoss told the New York Times. People really don't want to take it seriously. At some point, the narrative will shift to virtual currencies are here to stay. We're in the early days. And I, as much as it sounds crazy, and I know, you know, we're in, we're in sort of that, that phase right afterwards where something crashes and then it looks super negative and then everyone's like, well, ha, that was stupid to get into. But it's, that was the same mentality after the dot-com burst. Like, Yes, it was, it was stupid to speculate on it. That was, that was the mistake. But the thing it's, that, that does not necessarily, and I'm not saying that this is, <laughs> it's true the other way, but that does not necessarily devalue the thing that was speculated upon in the long term. Now that's still... I don't know that I, did, I agree with that. <sighs> At least when you're, when you're investing in, let's say, let's say a tech startup, there's physical assets there. There's, there's no physical asset, assets to a virtual currency. So here's the deal. What makes, and this is, this is really taking a step back uh -huh. from this all. What I've been waiting for you to do this question, so ask yeah. me. What, what makes the American dollar not a virtual currency, Simon? It is a virtual currency. It's stupid. But uh, I, I, I nobody's going to say anything isn't. Like right. The thing is, the virtual currency of the U.S. has... A lot of people with big guns saying it's worth something. Okay, and that, that is the idea of a fiat currency. That's the idea fiat. of any currency. No, no, it doesn't have to... Okay, there's nothing... Hello? I, you, I can still, still hear you. Okay. <laughs> You're crackly. There, there is nothing behind a currency that makes it valuable uh, beyond the fact that people believe that it is valuable. Yes. That is it. That is yes. what makes something a currency. Now, whether, you know, this idea of backing is, is a deceptive one. You know, people think, oh, well, gold has intrinsic value. And no, it's not, does it? The words intrinsic gold value Gold has no, no, in, intrinsic value, if you want to go to it, <laughs> it goes back to our Marxism episode just last week or whatever, mm. is it's that idea that there is, you know, the only true value is that use value that you get out of it. And that's, yes. that's a little questionable anyway. And that's why Bitcoin wasn't initially used or, or useful for that many people. There wasn't much you could buy with it. There wasn't, there wasn't a point to having it yeah. other than to have it, you know. Yeah. And that, we're still kind of in that phase. And I don't think we've, we've reached the point where there's enough, where there are goods associated with it, where it's accepted in a bunch of places. I don't think you're going to get that. Well, it, there are some, some fundamental problems, and that's actually what the, the BitCon article, the, the second one, which we'll link to in the show notes, talks about, is there's, there's actually a, a pretty big problem of the transaction time. So the way the Bitcoin works is mm -hmm. when you say, say, Kevin, I want to give you two Bitcoin, or let's, for the purposes of realism now, say uh, 0.2 Bitcoin. Because the <laughs> thing is, it went up to, it hit about $200 last week and then dropped back down. It's trading around $65 now. So not, not a huge drop, but it's, it's sort of corrected and stabilized. So it's point two down. Bitcoin, point two Bitcoin. Okay, um, two bit cent. You have a, what's called a Bitcoin wallet with a, a, an individual- I actually do have one of those. It's mm -hmm. on, on an older computer that Each I've given Each time you install away. the program, it generates a yeah. wallet code and you can generate as many wallet codes as you want. Yeah. They, are, they are associated with nothing. They're yes, just they're random. Made up. Not random numbers, but they're unique numbers. Mm -hmm. And if I want to give you Bitcoin, I, you give me your unique number, and uh -huh. I say, go to this one, Bitcoin, and it creates a transaction. It associates the two numbers together along with the value that's going to be transferred. Mm -hmm. When we initiate it, because Bitcoin is a peer-to-peer -peer currency, there is a lag, because with that, that transaction has to go out into the network and enough nodes have to verify that that transaction actually happened and it needs to be included in the, the um, distributed, what, what they call the blockchain, the big river of everything that has ever been transacted through Bitcoin. Once it has been verified, and this is where after like 10 or 15 or 20 nodes have said, yep, that transaction actually happened, then you get the Bitcoin. <laughs> 
That yes. process takes about 10 to 15 minutes. That doesn't work if, so if you want to like the, and Twit has a great discussion of this that they, they had last week. If, if I wanted to buy a hamburger, mm -hmm. I couldn't do that. I can't just like go in and, and transact using Bitcoin and buy a hamburger because they, I could walk out with the hamburger and then if I was using Oh, like you're not a, getting my hamburgers until, faked, it's, until it's verified. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, either you, you couldn't do fast food, obviously. There, there are certain transactions that just don't, uh, that just aren't feasible with Bitcoin. Now, other things, you know, services where the, the time between the actual payments and the, uh, the receipt of the service is uh, longer, you know, you don't have sure. to have it happen immediately, then it works for that. But that, that's difficult to achieve with Bitcoin. So there, there are certain things for which it is not ideal. You know, I can just give you cash and, you know, immediately we've, we've transacted. Or that's a potato. I will, I will exchange one hamburger for a potato. One hamburger for a potato. And, uh, you know, that's, so that's a disadvantage of it. But what, what people are starting to, to see here is, is that this, this is, it's a potentially disruptive currency to the entire way that, that the world works. You know, no, this whole idea that, no, that, a, that I'm going to disagree with you there. I'm going to disagree with you that it is not disruptive because it is at best, at best, it is just another currency. Okay. That's not disruptive. We have lots of other currencies. Mm -hmm. well, I, I buy things in the UK using GBP and I just let the bank sort it out. But the, the pound is another fiat currency. Another currency is controlled by a central bank that has value merely because a government has big guns or whatever and, and says that it has value, right? Now, another, and I don't know, Simon, what, what are your thoughts on this, either positive or negative? I like the idea of there being a global currency. I think that's good. I think it's healthy. I think we're eventually going to get there with, I mean, it's just... Nothing economically can happen in one country without it affecting most of the world. Right. So uh, I'm talking about the major countries. If something negative happens in, in the Japan market, it's going to affect the U.S., it's going to affect Germany, it's going to affect England. Mm -hmm. It's just the way the world is. That being said, I don't know that the Bitcoin is reliable enough to be that. Right now. I mean, we, we don't really have any precedent for Bitcoin. We, we right. have, there are other things that have conveyed value um, that, you know, were new. And that, you know, in terms of companies, uh, land at one point, you know, you, you can't really create any new land. But, um, you know, products and things like this, that, you know, uh, Linden dollars is another good example of, you know, something that, not as many people, but a few exuberant geeks got into the, the sort of second life virtual world. There was virtual real estate created. Oh, now, yeah, and, yeah. And people were, yeah. were buying Forgot up. Forgot about Linden dollars. That was dumb. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it, it, and the, here's the problem is it all would have been valuable and worth <clears throat> money if the whole second life thing had actually taken off right and so, right. so yes like linden you you could see the the whole second life thing you could see the linden dollars and the linden um real estate and all that as a ponzi scheme right you know the people who sign up for the service early uh, or even are the ones who created it stand to gain a lot but it's a big if if it doesn't explode they're left with something that is essentially worthless and bitcoin could have been that exact same thing so i think i think that that gets away from the idea that it's a Ponzi scheme. You know? Well, I, my my problem with Bitcoin is it's not global. Okay. Yeah, it's not it's not universally accepted everywhere. Well, no, but that's and I mean, that's a thing. It's not it it's not everyone has Bitcoin. Neither was the American dollar either at one point, right? The 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 idea behind um, or the reason that gold was such a, a you know widely accepted currency is gold exists pretty much everywhere in the world. It's it was recognized as um, you know, gold and silver were already currencies when these, these early civilizations started to encounter each other. They were local currencies, so you could, you could simply weigh gold and subdivide it, and that was how you could exchange value using this thing. 
But, you know, say you took gold uh, to an island, uh, or the other way around. There were islands that used, uh, you know, rocks as currency, let's say. Yap. Yap is my favorite. Yap. Um, Circular rocks, right? Big round rocks. Big round rocks, right? If the island of Yap had taken a big bag of their big round rocks and landed on the European I don't think you can put them in a bag. You don't don't get how big these rocks are. (laughs) You don't move these rocks. Okay. (laughs) Let's say that they had, you know, an everyday version of the big round rock or whatever. They had small round rocks. Small round rocks. Rock pennies, if you will. Well, the point of the big round rock was that it was hard to move. If If you could just make little rocks be your money... That's not going to work either. That's not going to work either, yeah. you, you, Did you read Hitchhiker's Guide? They used leaves for money. Right. That was not effective. But, you know, <laughs> if you take your leaves or your rocks of any size to, you know, let's say the island of Yap develops rockets or boats or something that can move the big round rocks and they want to buy another island, right? But the island next to them or the continent or whatever accepts gold. Their <laughs> rocks are completely worthless, right? Because that region doesn't Darn accept cheating. them. The, the rocks in this analogy, in a way, are the Bitcoin. You know, the internet is this island in a way right now, this sort of virtual, way, and not a wasteland, but like a wild land, right? This, this, the West, right? Where we're still trying, we're trying to figure out what sorts of things are useful and valuable for us. And a lot of people um, speculate, and I think this is along the right lines, that, that Bitcoin well serves and will become the currency of the internet. That it is, no, it is very well suited to that. I disagree. Okay. And I'll tell you why. And it's the argument of deflation. Mm. And this is, a, this is an, and I couldn't find it in the articles I was trying to look up, but um, there will only ever be 21 million Bitcoins. Right. It'll hit only that yes. in like 2140 uh, years. And what that, but the thing is, new products and services will always be made. Right. And so you're going to face eternal deflation with Bitcoin. But they will is, always be worth more tomorrow than they are worth today. Yeah, but by, by such a small fraction. I mean, you, you can subdivide Bitcoin up down to like the eighth digit, right? So you can, you can divide it into um, a, a very, very, very small fraction of what it is now. Okay, so, you know, but given, there's a limited amount of them. And that, that is yeah, what causes deflation. It won't happen until you get to like... Three, the year three or we're four seeing thousand, it already right when deflation's happening the value of the individual currency rises we're seeing it deflating against the u.s dollar right now oh yeah but i mean at that's a very, deflation but we're very far from that point at which there are no more bitcoin i mean we're hundreds no, that, of years that's away not the problem it. it's not the problem that there, that there will never be more and we bitcoins. haven't even gotten to the point of subdividing it we're, we're, we're still... at the point where the the number of bitcoins that are coming out mm-hmm. is slow enough that it is less than the amount of new products and stuff that could be bought with Bitcoin. Right. That's when you have deflation. And I think that's okay. I mean, you, the thing You're is, not an economist. Yeah, but... <laughs> None of us are. It's, it's None only, of us are. It's only a problem for the people that were getting into it for, for speculative purposes, I think. No, no, and, we see this in countries that have strong deflation. Mm-hmm. People stop buying things. Because I could buy a loaf of bread for $1 today. Mm-hmm. But I could buy two loaves of bread tomorrow. Uh, I can buy four loaves of bread the day after. Right. So it is in my best interest to not buy anything today. Mm-hmm. And you see economies stagnate when that happens. <sighs> I, I, I think we're very far away from that. I, I can't comment I think we're seeing it already. the deflationary thing. I, I don't think it's because of that. But I think that's what I, we're seeing. I think that's what the bubble is. It's not just speculation. The bubble is just speculation. That, that's no, exactly it's what's deflation. Yeah, no, that's, that's what the that's what the Winklevoss twins think. Yes, I know that's what they think. Yeah, and you I, I just like making fun of them over and over again. I will I will bring up. So this is an article on Ars Technica mm-hmm. uh, from last year. Um, there's a Bitcoin site called mt.gox. Mt. Gox. That's the the trade. Um, that's the exchange. Okay. Yeah. So they, they suspended operations. This is back, this article was posted September 4th, yeah. 2012. Uh, after a, an attack compromised the user's account and sold all of its bitcoins in a fire sale. Yeah. Uh, that yeah. temporarily pushed the price down to zero. The site survived the attack and the remaining leading bitcoin exchange today. Hackers made off with another $228,000 in bitcoins. Mm-hmm. Now, th- this has happened. I... I... So I got into eh. Mt. Gox two years ago. I, I actually did create an account on there, and I, I went through um, Liberty Bank and 
bought $50 worth of Bitcoin in, in 2011. Um, it got me 11.5 Bitcoin at the time. And then, it, and then it crashed, right? And then the site got hacked, and I was like, ah, damn it, you know, that, there's $50 down the drain, right? Uh-huh. And after this most recent bubble, I started to go, gee, I wonder. Uh-huh. Right? I wonder if my stuff is still there. So I, I try to sign back in, can't sign back in, try to recover my password, I don't get the email. So I email their support, and I'm like, hey, I, I think I used to have an account, here's the email address that, that it was under. And he's like, yep, you have an account, but it was um, set as inactive because you hadn't logged into the site for a, a year or something uh-huh. like that. But he reactivated it, and my Bitcoin were still there. I still uh-huh. had 11.5 or 9 or something worth of, of Bitcoin in Mt. Gox. And, um, and I sold, like a week and a half ago, I sold all that when it was at around $136 per Bitcoin. And I, I mean, <laughs> I made a 3,000% return on my initial investment, something ridiculous like that. And, you know, wh- which in any, in any terms, in any investment is ungodly amazing. And I, I'm donated, donating it all to the nonprofit that, I, that I'm part of, the Museum of Computer Culture. Like, that's... I'm making sure that because it's money that I didn't think I had, but I <laughs> got out. Like I, I then, and that's the thing is I, I, you know, there's some happiness that came out of this for me. You know, I kept a little bit of the Bitcoin in there because I want to see where it goes. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I made money off of it, and and I, I guess that doesn't mean it's successful. No, it doesn't. No, but. <laughs> The thing is, you just you just profited off the bubble. That's all that happened. I did, and you know, of course, I'll pay capital gains tax on it and all these other things. But it's really, yeah, you do have to pay capital gains tax on yeah on that. You have to pay capital gains when you make capital gains. That's the law, right? Well, but I didn't know that they were. I I didn't know how how the government was tracking that. Um, Bitcoins, at least. Mt. Gox requires you to. Well, and the currency exchanges require you to have an identity in order to move money, uh, money in and out of the exchange. You have to have an identity, verified identity. So you you can't operate completely anonymously on these exchanges. There are other Bitcoin exchanges that are a little bit shadier that that don't require identification and everything. And that's not the one I had in my Bitcoin in. So, anyways, it's. I mean, that happened. I, I don't know. What, what was your story that you were going to share about it, Simon? That was it. Uh, yeah. They got hacked. And that the, the thing I find interesting is that, you know, the hackers made off of this. Well, if a hacker hacks into your bank account, you know, Wells Fargo, whatever, they can track it down. They can get the money back. Yeah. But because Bitcoin transactions are irreversible... Oh, yeah. And this is I guess the money's just gone. This is yeah. a problem. Or well it, it went to the hacker. Gone. And it's and gone. here's here's the deal. I I mean I have I had some minor computers as well that that got erased at, at one point. Mm-hmm. And if that happens, I mean if you don't transfer the bitcoin out of those wallets, it's it is gone. I mean it is literally gone. So that is And that and is that's not an issue for you? I mean it is kind of. And and I I mean it's the same <laughs> It's the same as like if you lose cash, I guess it's it's it just gone. Um, but you're right, and, and if you keep your money in a different kind of virtual currency, and you know, in a bank, right? Mm-hmm. It's <laughs> insured. It's it's yes, it's insured it's, up to one hundred and forty-four thousand. But there's no way know. to do that, and I'm from what I here's here's probably another issue that, that I think FDIC. I think is really important, and it's brought up I think in the Bitcoin article. Yeah, because we're not talking about it, but the fact that to prove the veracity of a Bitcoin, you have to track every single transaction that it has ever been used to make. Yeah. That's a problem. Well, if people talk about the, like, the privacy and the anonymity portions of it not being terribly good, but... Not, not being terribly good, being bad. Well, you can create as many identities as you want, though. And, and while, you, while you can, yes, you can, you can trace a particular coin's travel through, through the system, you don't know what it's hopping through. And you can go back and forth through a few exchanges. But you know that it's hopping through all of them. Yeah. You have a literal track back to where it started. Sure. But it is extremely difficult to, to track Bitcoin in that way, to track transactions. And you can see patterns of a sort, but those patterns don't associate with um, IP addresses or locations or anything. They're simply series of transactions. So you can see particular accounts that may be acting as like 
laundering nodes or you know, gateways to other things, but you can't tell exactly who is behind those. They're sort of you know, patterns without a, or a map without a legend, right? So, so that, that is a problem, but it, it's much more difficult than you think. You know, that, that people got onto that about the fact okay. that, no, everything here's, is public. Here's the issue about that. You just see money moving. No, here's, you know? here's the issue about that. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I've been reading a book about World War II. Okay. The issue with that is like the issue of the Enigma Code in World War II. Mm. In that during the war, it was next to impossible to crack. Hmm. And then we invented the computer. Right. Right now... Turing invented a mechanical computer that could... Yes. It. Yeah. The, the, the specifics aren't the important part. Right. Right now, it's really hard to track what those things do. Uh, they don't go away. Given, given a you, sufficiently powerful computer, you think... To quote that, my friend... He's not my friend, I wish. <laughs> MC Frontalot. <laughs> you Maybe. can't hide secrets from the future. Hmm. Cryptography works in the now. Yeah. As computers increase in capacity, and they're going to, Moore's Law may not be 100% accurate, but they're going to be better. Mm -hmm. By 2025, a children's speaking spell could crack it. Hmm. Again, we, we talk about this all the time when we say, I've got, a phone, I've got a thing in my pocket more powerful than the entire Apollo missions. Yeah. So right now, it may be hard to track. It's not getting harder to track. I, I would it's still... getting easier. I would still be really curious to, to see. And I'm, I mean, I'm not an expert on this. Well, but, but if, I don't if think we're trying would... to create a currency that's going to last forever and, you know, be 100 years from now when we hit 21 million Bitcoins. Yeah. 100 years from now, you'll be able to mine Bitcoins faster because we'll have better processors. Uh, from what I can tell, and, and I, I need to look up some graphs on this, it's, it's actually getting, like I said, the, the difficulty in mining is increasing faster than the... GPU processing power, so it's it's not actually getting okay. easier to mine. My point it's about anonymity harder. stands. Yeah, it's not going to get harder to break those patterns. Well, that's still. I mean, it's a lot of data to crunch through. A, a lot of data. I don't want that data of me to exist. But it's not of you. It's it's not, of cause that's because I'm not using Bitcoin. Transact. No, but it's that's the thing. It's just it's numbers going back and forth. Tied to wallets. I have to prove that I own the wallet if I want to be able to use it. I have to be able to access it. It's on my computer. Warrants for computers exist. Hmm. <laughs> and my only, my only solution to that is I destroy it. You do. You destroy it. You encrypt it. I mean, that's a, a lot of people have done. But once um, I destroy it, I can't use it anymore. Mm -hmm. So I, can I'm else. throwing away money. Potentially. Or you have your Bitcoin on an exchange. That's, that's what a lot of people have done is you have, you have your wallet encrypted somewhere else. That doesn't destroy the history of it. Else, right? That doesn't destroy the history of it. That doesn't mean it's not accessible. The pro to destroy it, it has to be to, to to keep this from happening again now or ten years from now. Yeah. Or fifty years from now. You have to destroy the source. You have to destroy the, you have to the destroy the coin. The coin. Right yes. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it's trackable. And again, the answer of it's not trackable right now is not a good answer in cryptography. It, the fact is, though, nothing inherent in the Bitcoin system is tied to you. Nothing your about wallet is. No, your wallet is not tied. It's to tied you. to your computer. It, what about your account no, on the exchange? Nothing, there's nothing in the blockchain in the Bitcoin blockchain that says that that wallet was on a particular computer. There's nothing. No. If someone gets your wallet, you're right. Then they, they can look at it. If someone up. gets your computer, they've got your wallet. So, the same way that you don't have your bank account unpassword protected, mm -hmm. you encrypt your wallet. Or, in the case of a physical wallet, you keep it on your person. It's not just out there I, where I understand can get that. To it. But My wallet isn't connected to the internet. <laughs> yes. So, the, you know, people, <laughs> people have these concerns about it. And, and I think. My cash cannot be pickpocketed unless you are standing two feet away from me. Yeah. I. I Bitcoin is the first cryptocurrency to gain wide recognition. That is not to say that someone will not take all the learns from Bitcoin, everything that we, we find that, uh, deficient in it, and create a similar thing that is just as robust, but incorporates those 
aspects of encryption and anonymity and all these other things. The same, the same reason we got better at, at you know, supposedly creating currencies that worked better for us, better let, financial let systems. Let like, and, and this is a question that I don't think is being answered. Okay. Because I understand people don't like fiat currencies. I think I understand that. Mm -hmm. I have not seen an explanation that says Bitcoin is better than the cash I have in my pocket right now. I don't think it's supposed to be. It's worth more than the cash you have in your well, pocket that's right fair. now. Well, that's only because I only have five two hundred dollars of Bitcoin pocket. or whatever it is right now. That's Sixty dollars for Bitcoin or something like that. Yeah. But the, so the issue is is why I Joe average? Ha ha ha! I'm mm -hmm. far from it. But why would I use Bitcoin instead of the hundreds of fiat currencies that exist? Because your problem is adoption. It is. And the reason to use them, or to at least get them a while ago, was the fact that they were becoming more valuable as time went on. It was seen as an investment. We talked about speculation. Mm -hmm. and so what, but why is my reason now? So the reason now, and, and going into the future, I think, becomes Bitcoin is a currency for anywhere. If you're on the internet, you're- But it's you're, not anywhere, because it's not accepted anywhere. Well, no, here's the thing. Just, just hear me out. Think of it as, I'm, I'm taking that analogy of the currency for the internet a little okay. bit farther. For things that, purely things that happen on the internet, people mm -hmm. paying for software, web hosting, things like this, or for goods and services. Like, I need you to write me a program. Mm -hmm. I'll accept Bitcoin for that. Uh -huh. And then, you know, I can use that Bitcoin to pay for hosting space sure. somewhere else. You know, I, all I these sorts that. of things that happen on the internet, right? That is, that is getting to the point where the more and more people that accept that, if, you know, if I need to transact on the internet, I use Bitcoin. You're, you're not answering the question of why. I don't think why it's Why would Joe I do Schmo. this over the U.S. dollars I have in my bank Because account. let's say there's a guy in Russia for whom, you know, or let's say a guy in Russia wants to pay someone in America. Now, the, ex the physical exchange rate between the currencies used in America and Russia is disadvantageous. Maybe he doesn't want to go through the, you know, taxation, right? There's no taxation that happens for a, a transaction, you know, for something that happens on the Internet if you're paying for it in Bitcoin. Because that currency... Yet. That currency is not Yet. crossing, you know, lines or whatever, right? You're not technically doing business in another country. Yes, and five years ago, Amazon didn't charge me tax on my purchases. Yeah, yeah. I'm but, sorry, but that's the case. Right. Uh, well, I don't. I don't expect the government's ever going to stop trying to take their cut. It it is another way, you know, just sort of like free speech laws, right? There's there is no a, a particular government. And they've tried, you know, to censor certain things on the internet. Mm -hmm. And we see people using proxies, people using these technical means to disrupt that, those means of control over what is happening. And that, that is the real potential, I think, that Bitcoin gives, is the same potential that the internet itself gave, is a way to disintermediate these basic human processes of communication and value exchange and, and take them out of the control of a central authority. Because I can say, I can put anything I want up on the internet and anyone anywhere in the world with a connection to the internet can see that. Nobody can tell me that I cannot say that particular thing. And the power that Bitcoin gives is I want to pay someone somewhere in the world, I want to exchange value with them or them with me. And no one anywhere in the world can say, I'm going to take a cut of that because it's happening within my domain where this currency that I say has value is exchanged. That is, that is really the power for me. And, and there, were, there was a lot of stuff to get to that point. But there I were a lot of things to get us to the point where communication could be that I don't think that's not the case right now with if my I fiat pay, currency. I mean, I can buy, I, I bought a Russian camera last week and it's coming in the mail from Russia. And no tax um, paid on it. I, I didn't have an issue with it, and the, the guy selling it in Russia didn't have an issue with it. Yeah. Because, because uh, the thing is, we're already in a, an interconnected marketplace where we don't worry about exchange rates, mm. at least on a personal scale. And I don't, think, I don't see Bitcoin being anything but on a personal scale ever.
Yeah. I don't see corporations using Bitcoin. Yeah. Um, and and he, he he says Bitcoins can be divided, Stephen, yeah. into eight eight. Eight to eight decimal down points. to eight decimal places, which is a lot of division. That's a lot of division. That's okay. So that's basically like a penny. Like that'd be the Bitcoin it's equivalent a, it's a of a penny. Penny of a 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 penny. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's called a satoshi. Like the smallest denomination is called a satoshi, and so one Bitcoin is like one million or ten million satoshis or something like that. That's um, absurd. But you know, we were we were joking around about you know something being 1999 earlier. Yes. I mean, you know, <laughs> figuring out that in bitcoins, I think. I think that's what's hurting it. Yeah, well, and, and that's, that's the thing. Is it's, you know, a lot of people are dissing it for being unstable. And, I, I, again, I want to go back to that sort of volatility itself does not necessarily mean that a system is bad. Because markets yeah, are does. volatile sometimes. You know, the, the tech industry was very volatile. There were, you know, there were people making vast fortunes and then being broke two years or two months later, right? And, and we volume. saw that as a bad thing, and then we corrected we it. Corrected the the market corrected itself. Exactly the, those companies went under. What doing, too, is it's correcting. It says, okay, maybe $200 is not a good price, but maybe, <laughs> you know, 60 is, or maybe 50 or, or 10 or less, right? It's, it's finding that point of stability. And this, this is something that I, I believe can be found, and that... There are ways of, in, of encrypting the transaction process so that, so that it is anonymized. There are ways of, of um, subdividing that, that make it to where you can pay for things at, at the right value. Here's, here's the problem. Here's a problem. It's solvable. I, I, I guess, I, I, staking a step back, y'all are seeing it as an insolvable problem. This will never be no, a I'm not thing. Saying and, it's and not just, an, I'm not saying it's not a solvable problem. Yeah. I'm saying it's not a solvable problem in the same way that, and we might have to call Godwin's Law here, <laughs> Racism is not a solvable problem. Oh, boy. In that there are idealistic solutions that exist out there, mm -hmm. but I have to work in the world where I live. Yeah. And in the world where I live, there are about six things that I can buy with Bitcoin. I don't want any of them. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe you're not the kind of person who would use Bitcoin. And well, there are not is? enough of the people who are to make it become widely adopted. The Winklevosses. And, and that's the thing is maybe maybe it is, and I, I suspected this too when it started to to go viral again. Is I'm like, well, no, 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 no. Bitcoin is not a mainstream thing. It's and it shouldn't be. I th that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. It's like just like coding, right? Itself is not something that every absolutely everybody is going to do. It is not face. Bitcoin is not a Facebook. Bitcoin is not a thing that absolutely everyone everyone in the world should should use. It's just like, you know, just everybody on the Internet, just maybe just everybody or maybe a subset of people on the Internet for for whomever like BitTorrent. Right. It's an exchange protocol. It's a value exchange protocol rather than a data exchange protocol or a language exchange protocol. It is a it is a means to take one thing and put it somewhere else. And, and in this case, the thing is value. Right. So why not, right? Like why? Just like hats, right? We were talking about the Team Fortress Two thing, and like the hats. <laughs> People ascribe value to these things that have no physical yeah, presence. Yeah, I still got to hold on to my Bills hat for a little while longer because they represent, you know, effort or or value or something. And so, you know, and I refer people to PBS Idea Channel if you want to see a really quick, um, really quick episode and discussion on both of these topics, um, the, whether Bitcoin and hats are the future of money. And, and that's that, that idea of like anything can convey value. You know, <laughs> let's call him Bieber Bucks, right? If he were to create a currency, right? And just, you know, hey, I'm going to start using Bieber Bucks. And everybody who has Bieber Bucks can like, you know, pay for stuff at their concert and like they exchange them between the fan banks. That could be a thing. Kevin, there is no reason for you to use Bieber Bucks. You're not a Bieber fan. You're never going to buy anything that are Bieber fans. <laughs> a Bieber fan would not ever want to pay you for anything in Bieber Bucks because you don't, so you don't have anything sorry, that's valuable sorry to, to stop Bieber your Bucks Beaver game. rant because I was just getting absurd, <laughs> Stephen. Um, I, I just looked Bieber. up what I can buy with Bitcoins and, and Kevin's right. There's nothing of value here. What are you looking at? I can, I can buy a bumper sticker that says Star of the Banks and it has the little Bitcoin logo. <laughs> uh, that's 0. 0.49, 0. 0.49 Bitcoin. So it's, uh, it's like 30 bucks right now. Crap! 30 bucks for a bumper sticker. See, that's the thing. Is like that, but again, you know, when I when I went to Great Britain, um, went to Scotland back in 2008, it was like 
20 bucks for a burger. And, you know, that's, that's wrong to well, me, Well, when right? I went to Prague, it was like 50 cents for a beer. Yeah, like, that's <laughs> so... ridiculous. And, and apparently in Australia, it's like, it's ridiculously expensive for, for things that we would consider common. So these discrepancies exist. And, and I, I think people need a little bit of that perspective of like, Bitcoin is not the only instance of a, of a currency conveying value differently than another currency conveys value. And when those discrepancies become high enough, you know, like you, you, you said the exchange rate is a thing in Russia. He was probably selling it to you for either for a bargain or for less than he would have wanted to. But there's probably a discrepancy there. He, he Actually, he sell, sold it to me in pounds. Sold it to you in pounds. <laughs> a Russian guy mm -hmm. using pounds. See, I don't know. Well, it was, so all, it was on the British UK currencies. site, so it was in pounds. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, we, we, we can kind of go in circles about this all day, but we've been, we've been going for about an hour here, and I just... <sighs> I, I, you know what? I'm I'm going to go around and I'm going to tip Reddit users with bitcoins. Sure, there you not go. really. <laughs> Here's a little bit. So I I'm you know taking a step back from this. I, I think some interesting questions are to ask. You know what what do, what do we consider to be actual value? You know, ask yourself what why do you consider cash to have value? Is it and is it merely because somebody because said I so? can walk into a store with it right now and get something? Same thing for the credit yeah. card in my it's pocket. A, it's exchangeability. You can <clears throat> yes. you can get something else with it. And the, and the moment that doesn't become true, then then the greenback loses all of its value to you. you sure. And, and well, and and I I view it as that you know I pay for my home. Yeah. With dollars, so yeah. dollars have value to me because it bought me. My my Plus palatial three bedroom one bathroom. If you want to start accepting your your salary in Bitcoin, we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, I, that wouldn't that wouldn't fly. See, I, mean, I, yeah. I don't think my right mortgage company is going to accept Bitcoin. But I do have to ask because I, I remember this well, coming up. A that, no, here's a the deal. Years it has ago. nothing to do with with faith. It, 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 and it's, 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 it has I think it's, everything. Currency has everything to do with no, faith. No, no, What I was going to say is faith in a single currency. And that, that's, I think, is, is, a, is a preconceived notion that we have. That's like one of our presumptions is there is only or there can only be one currency where I live, right? Now, there are people in other countries for whom that is not the case. Like, you keep different currencies. Aren't there laws about there being only one currency in the U.S.? Only one national currency. Only one national currency. And... The thing is, people have, have circumvented that, but again, nobody takes anything else. Right. It's it's perfectly legal for someone to take pesos as payment. And and so, what what you what you're coming from is very much a practicalist perspective. Like you said, uh -huh. I you know your your ultimate concern is, can I buy something with this? Uh -huh. Now, let's just say you know, for the sake of argument, you live. Let's take a possible world ten years in the future where things on the internet, like Steam games, are a little bit cheaper or significantly cheaper if you pay for them in Bitcoin. But see, but they're not cheaper. <laughs> if, if a Bitcoin is worth 200 US dollars Possible world, Simon. and that thing is Possible worth, uh, that game on Steam is worth <laughs> eight <laughs> Bitcoins. Yeah, we, hit, we hit a US That's... apocalypse where all, all cash becomes worthless. Not all, okay, but no, you're looking at the extremes. I, I know, I'm, I'm saying, I'm, like, I'm look saying... at a happy medium where, think of it, like, let's say that world exists. Bitcoin has value to you. Like you can see, I'm not going to disagree with you that you Bitcoin possible, could potentially have value. Right. I'm saying right now it doesn't. Right oh. now I'm not going to spend any money on it. Y'all are so boringly actual. Yeah. Well, and and, and Stephen, <laughs> to, to your whole, you know, going in Scotland and buying a burger for for twenty dollars, they don't eat a lot of beef in in Scotland. I don't think they have as as, as many cows as you know. So let's say we do in Texas. So <laughs> obviously, beef is more expensive in cows. Scotland. Their, their their cows have a lot of hair. They have what? Their cows have a lot of hair. They're hairy coos. Gross. <laughs> they, they do. I have pictures. But I mean, that's what you know. That's that's why something you know. In in Prague, they make a lot of beer. Yeah. So so beer is cheap. Well, that and the water is really nasty and, and difficult and to process. So people drink beer. So the the price is is lower in in U.S. dollars, but. I just I don't see Bitcoin being the solution. Uh, okay. Ever. Never. Never. Ever. Ever. ever, ever I don't ever. think it. What we need, if we're going to go for this whole one currency for the one global currency, it has to successfully replace all the global currencies. All the currency. All the global currency. Oh, we all go to one standard. 
I don't think that's the case. I, I, and I, I don't think that this mathematical formula is going to be the way to do it. Hmm. The, the reason it was built that way is, is so that there could not be uncontrolled uh, inflation. You know, the, the same sort of situation has happened in Argentina or Germany where, you know, you have that, like, multiplying and multiplying and going 10 to 10 to 10 to 10, you know, and a loaf of bread is worth $10 million or something like that. That just, that can't happen with Bitcoin because it, it can't rapidly inflate like that. There's, there's no way to increase the total volume of currency in the system artificially like you can with a fiat currency. So it, it, has, it has protections against the edge cases. I really think that's how it was designed, is, is to, to take into account that it, it cannot, it, it is not vulnerable to those sorts of things that a fiat currency is vulnerable to. Um, you know, well, ultimately what you can have is just a reset switch that a fiat currency presses, but you have a lot of hardship in, in the meantime as, as things get, you know, just too expensive to, to pay for. I mean, that's... Um, that and will they add additional, will they go out? beyond the 21 million bitcoins? Well, no, then you just start subdividing and you can do that for another 10,000 years if you want to. And by then I sincerely hope we're just not using currency at all. <laughs> yeah. that, well, I'm going to say this right now. If anyone's interested, you can get the Torah for dummies for 0.11 bitcoins. 0.11. That still seems expensive. That's like six bucks. <laughs> So, I don't know. I don't know what that is. I'm, I'm amusing myself with a Bitcoin auction site. <laughs> I, found the, I found the the Evil Bay of Bitcoins. The Evil Bay of Bitcoins. Is that what yeah, it's called? Yeah, and, and I really don't want to go off on the rabbit trail of discussing the Silk Road, but we should at least mention that, you know, because of the relative anonymity and, you know, de decentralization, Bitcoin has mostly been used for drug and pornography sales yep. cross border, you know, with with relative anonymity, and you know that, that's unfortunate. But uh, you know, cash is used for that too, and that's where we have money laundering and all these other mm -hmm. things and uh, evil that, things. I like I like the fact that if I get a hundred dollar bill from the bank, it's slightly coated in cocaine. I don't uh, think that's uh, true. I think that's made up. Yeah, I wonder if that is. Has that ever been on MythBusters? No. Hmm. I think that's a little hard to test. Well, you get some $100 bills and see if they've got cocaine. That's all you have to do. Yeah. But then they have to test a $100 bill and see if, if one straight off the press doesn't have cocaine. Yes. Mm. Mythbusters so, could probably get it. It could, it could be a false positive on the drug test. Mm. Why isn't... Google is not searching. There uh -oh. we go. That's no good. There we go. Snopes. All right. Well, I think we, we've kind of... Like I said, we've gone around... And okay, it's on Snopes. Snopes says it's, it's true. Snopes says it's true? Uh, not necessarily every. Um, hmm. but there's a, there's a sufficient number in circulation, circulation to um, had cocaine on it. But that what that means is cocaine in powdered form is extremely fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so it's just easier to transfer from one thing to another. It doesn't mean that the cocaine you're using was snorted. The hundred dollar bill you were using was used to snort cocaine. That's an interesting Freudian slip there, Kevin. Yep. <laughs> Doesn't mean that the cocaine you were using was snorted through that uh, hundred dollar bill. What's <laughs> the clown on Death Clock on Metalocalypse? I don't know. I do cocaine. I do cocaine. <laughs> I'm sure I can pull it up. Um, oh my. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, well, uh, we don't have a form squeeze because form spring isn't a thing anymore. But uh, happy Foursquare Day, everybody. And uh, also, we, we've avoided talking about it so far, but um, just to acknowledge the um, horrible tragedy that happened in, in Boston yesterday. And, uh, you know, really, our, our hearts and thoughts go out to any of the victims and their families for that. And it's just it's been yeah. really inspiring for me to see, once again, the Internet pull together around this and, and really focus on, you know, helping people make sure the relatives are okay, providing uh, video and photos of the scene to help the um, investigators. And it's just another really good example of how, you know, massive kindness can overcome these sorts of random acts of violence. Um, As um, Mr. Rogers said, look for the helpers. Look for the helpers. and uh, which, which that 
you know, as soon as I watched it on TV as it happened. Yeah, I was. And uh, I mean, those police did not skip. Yes, they had their guns drawn, but that that's just standard procedure in a what the fuck is going on situation. Well, and, and um, it was just really inspiring to see people running toward the scene as much as away from it. And, uh, you know, there, there's uh, Carlos Arredondo. Uh, there's a good video of him on the Boing Boing coverage, which is phenomenal. If you're not watching that, that's the best place to get kind of aggregated, curated news about this. And uh, he, you know, his he lost his son, I think, in the Iraq war uh, back in 2004. And he he ran into the scene, put a tourniquet around this boy's leg and like carried him to an ambulance, the um, whole like pinching the artery. It's just crazy story. Like he's just an amazing human being. My favorite story is people who had just finished the race. They ran in the direction of the nearest hospital mm. to go donate blood. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they just completed a marathon and they're like, oh, shit. Wouldn't it Let's go to the hospital and donate like blood. Highly deoxygenated blood at that point, or well, I guess it's yeah. Matter. Well, which would probably be good. I don't, I don't really know much yeah, about I that. Yeah, but with the right kind I think of blood. Um, is blood. Blood. I mean, you can. It's good, but anyways. Um, they actually overwhelmed the hospital. The, the, the hospital was like, "No, we don't. We we're full. <laughs> we, <laughs> We've we got have, all the blood we, we need blood for now. right now." Yeah. Well, cool. Um, well, Simon, where can people find you on the uh, the World Wide Webs? Uh, you can always follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash Lanier. Uh, I also have my website, simonponder.net, which is finally turning into a real portfolio. Yay. And then I do a podcast over at pdexposures.tv. Cool. All right. We'll go there and subscribe, everybody. And uh, Kevin, as always, you are... Typing things. Awkwardly Sorry. pausing um. and then saying <laughs> something. <laughs> Twitter.com slash Kevson. I'll say Yeah, do that. And uh, you can follow me now at my, uh, I have a blog. I got, my domain is uh, stevent.me. And you can follow me talking about uh, and blogging about my quantified self explorations. I've gotten really into the whole uh, like journaling, figuring out how to kind of record all the little miscellany that I put out there into the social space and put it all into a story. So you can, you can read about my, my adventures with that. You can, and, and I need to make a logo for you, Stephen, for that site, because as, as uh, Brian said, it's Stephen time. It's Stephen time. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and to be fair, your current logo is kind of not awesome. Oh, please. I'm sorry. I, just, it, it took, I had to stare at it for about 10 minutes to figure it out. That's not effective logo. You know, effective is not what I was going for, Kevin, and it is my well, blog. Well, if you're going, if you're going for um, obtuse, you got it. Cool. That is exactly <laughs> what I was going for. So, uh, yay, success. Well, you can you can comment on my logo <laughs> or anything else on my blog there, and hit me up on Twitter at s torrents. You can follow us uh, badphilosophy.com, twitter.com/badphilosophy, and uh, if you want, you no, you can't donate bitcoins to us. Please don't. Uh, no. Give us real money. <laughs> at least for now that's the thing I'm gonna, I'm gonna mail you a bag of salt because that used to be currency I hate you I hate you so much I, know, I could do some salt mail us cocaine if you send us anything <laughs> <laughs> just, no I won't send you hundred dollar bills if you get the cocaine off of it yes that's gonna get us so arrested so arrested <laughs> we'll see you next time on Bad Philosophy Two people who wanted Justin Bieber to win. Oh, yeah. That's really what it, that's that's what I'm categorizing. Did you hear about him in the Anne Frank thing, by the way? Yes. Oh, that the was, less kinda... said about that, the better. Oh, okay. Um, I'm good. So just because <laughs> I mentioned it, I guess I got to say what it was. So Justin Bieber went to the Anne Frank house or whatever, and in their little guest book, he wrote, you know, you seem really cool. Something I wish you were a believer, and. I think that, you know, and the rabbi, uh, people like blew up about this, like, like, I don't know what they could get upset about, but they were upset. And the rabbi actually stood up for him, apparently. Well, and was like, yeah. hey, look, look, if, if Anne Frank had lived today, she would probably be a believer. She was really in Hollywood and like in pop culture and all this. And, and you know, I think that's all Justin Bieber was saying is like, I wish you could have been alive that it, so that I could meet you as a fan or that you could no, have been what, a fan. What I but, think he was saying was the world revolves around me. 
Well, because I can't, I can't conceptualize. We are, all, we are all citizens of the believer. Well, it's, it's the thing is, it's in my mind, and I didn't want to talk about it, but I'm going to talk about it anyway. Um, it, it's the conceptualization that he's he's going to this this famous symbol of the Holocaust and the horrors involved in that, oh, right. and this story, and making it about himself. No. Yes. That that may be the only way that he can relate to the world, though, because that's yes, it is. <laughs> because he lives in Beaverland, and it's not necessarily his fault. No. But he is surrounded twenty four seven by people who love him or pretend to love him for money. <laughs> Steven, Steven, we can explain this in, in simple words. <laughs> Kevin, Kevin is a one directional. Oh, I think Simon just called you out there, man. He, he would if I if I knew what a One Direction was. <laughs> they're they're like Justin Bieber, but there's, but there's four of them, four of them. <laughs> and and they all play different instruments. And it's, it's it's at least they play instruments. Yeah, yeah, well, Does Justin Bieber? No, no he's he plays dances. He plays guitar. He's Canadian. He doesn't have to. That's, that's true. Philosophy.com. All you people stay away from where I live.